Now, you just got back from vacation from... Uh, Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Yeah. And was everybody on high alert there, like kind of everywhere you went? Yeah, it was kind of... I mean, it was chill, you know, but um, it, it was... You know, at, at the airport, they send you a bunch of uh, text messages, oh. you know, like from your, your airline or whatever. Right. That if you've traveled, you know, within 14 days to mainland China, you're going to be quarantined and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. Otherwise, a good time, though? Yeah. yeah. Very nice. <laughs> other, other than that, and for sure. Well, because not and too that, long ago, you were in Puerto Rico. And, and dude, I looked, I looked this up after you told me about it. Since like January or since like December 28th, and I looked this up in like the second, third week of January when we were talking about it. Puerto Rico in that like four peri- four week period time, yeah, had had like fifteen hundred earthquakes. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, which so like not all of them are really large, but they yeah. are registering on the what's it Geiger counter? Or something yeah, like that. I mean, but they're they're sig- significant. I mean, you know, you yeah, because some I of them think are you really start big. feeling them in the four range or the late threes. You start feeling them. Yeah, and um. You know, a lot of them might be two point something when you right, look at it. Right. So some of them aren't necessarily you felt. Yeah. You know, like where like you'll be noticeable in, a, in like an event. You know, like everybody say, "Wow, you know, we just had an earthquake." Yeah. But um, yeah, there was a lot of them, and and and. And know, you were there whilst more, a a yeah the big earthquake one, happened the biggest one yeah no shit yeah and on the tenth floor of a of a building that's on the built 10th for floor? built for earthquakes. So it, it it was like a spring. So you feel it a lot, you know? Like it's safer, but you feel the movement more, like you're really moving. And it was pretty long that one. I, I looked it up. I you don't could know feel how the whole seconds. building moving? Yeah. Like yeah. like wagging back and yes. forth like a tree in the wind. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's the Did that's, you know this was like coming? Did you know it was a thing? It, it was, was about- weird because the, the morning before we woke up to an earthquake. And it wasn't that bad, though, and we were in the country. And then we came down to the city Okay. thinking, you know, usually when you have the big one, like like the one we had the day before, it was like a five, you know, it was like a five something. Yeah. Um, You you know, everybody kind of felt like, okay, we got that one and we might get some aftershocks, cool. but nothing worse than that. It'll be all right. Felt pretty good. And then we went to the city and then when we went to the city, we got hit with like a six point whatever. I don't know what it ended up being. And um, that one you really felt. I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is like an every morning thing now. Then you, you know, then the third day, you're like, you can't sleep because you're like, okay, is it, you know, what's going to happen now? Is it now or is it, is yeah. it going to be? Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. What are you supposed, you're supposed to, what do you do? You're supposed to like sit in a bathtub? There's nothing you stand you in the doorway? You just, there's nothing. Put man. your head like, between I your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. I learned that. There's, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? You just, nothing. Just Especially if you're on the 10th floor. Wait it out. You can't run down the steps because that's what the worst thing you can do. The steps could just collapse. Right, right. Nothing. Right. You just just hang hang tight and go underneath a, a, a table that's going to protect you. Or, <laughs> it's like nothing you can going do. Going under your desk to I completely realized that when it happened. back from my vacation I as I made fun of you about Instagram quotes which you came up with a stupendous quote which which basically made the last podcast which which you know my wife demanded that I give her you know a copy of that quote that's right I did I did receive a text to you yeah you said you said verbatim my wife won't stop bothering me yeah but not about fighting she just wanted to know that quote yeah she wanted that quote and she's like, "Did you get it yet?" And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm going to ask him right now." <laughs> so it's a good one. It is a it's, it's an a, excellent it's a one. Yeah. So this isn't as much a quote as, um, and I'll I'm going to give props to, uh, I'm going to spell it out. It's it's an Instagram account hmm. and uh, it's underscore s o u l u m i n a t e. So so luminate and. Um, I don't know. Just popped up on my timeline, and um, 
I had just I'm just coming back off a of vacation. Mm. And one of the things that I thought about is, you know, we're already like, you know, we enjoyed it so much. You get away, you relax, and um you already like we got to do this every year for our anniversary. Like it's just so great. And this then I read this and it, it's also something that we've been talking about. Mm. And it kind of kicked me in the right direction. And um this is what it says. It says, I used to see holidays as so important, going as far away as possible from the ordinary of daily life, seeing new things, taking shiny photos, planning the next trip before the current one ended, which is kind of what me and my wife were already doing. Mm. But now the ordinary is my holiday and I don't want to escape from my daily life because I love working, being present in inspiration, resting when I need and saying no often to the work that doesn't fulfill me. No more overconsumption of the things that used to distract me from how deeply I'd tucked away my soul. No more fleeing to faraway places to live the life I was craving in short, unfulfilling spurts. More exploring the beaches, parks, and art and music right on my doorstep. More chatting in local cafes instead of avoiding eye contact while waiting for my third long black, I guess that's a coffee, right? <laughs> to keep my strained soul going. More lazy cacaos in my garden. Um, not sure what that is. More walks among trees, more connecting and loving. More sleep-ins and warm cuddles. More reading by the lakes my, uh, with my dog and a tea. More writing and listening to myself, to the earth, to the sky. Turning... Uh, tuning into the ordinary I like that Tuning into the ordinary mm. Seeing how much beauty is right here Now in front of me Every day And realizing that ordinary Is not ordinary at all Ooh. So that really kicked me in the right direction And yeah. goes right with our con You know content content It's Yeah it's really this, circling right this around This kind there. of you know Put me back on track You know Yeah And that's a great quote to see coming back from vacation. It is. It is. You know, this whole this whole yeah. thing, it's, you know, um, it's written by the, the person that has this account. And um, I thought it was cool because it's really the goal, you know, not to have to get away. I mean, obviously, we have responsibilities and things that weigh us down. But the, the ultimate goal of what we're doing is to get to that those strategies and making your workplace and then your environment, your home life, your, you know, your everything. Mm -hmm. That and seeing it, you know, like being aware, like the, the, the thing I like about the, the, you know, what I just read is it's it's like super intentional, you know, it's like. Right, definitely. I want to see, you know, like everything here. And it's true if you think about it. I mean, from most of the country, you know, in the U.S., there are nice beaches Wherever you are, you know, something, if it's not a beach, something naturally beautiful, waterfalls, there's a lot of access to stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's theaters, there's shows, there's, there's music, there's whatever your interests are, art, you know, um, there's, there's things right at your doorstep that if you commit yourself to, to be a part of it and, and do regularly it kind of makes your now more like your getaway and consistently but it, you know it, it does take um i think a commitment you definitely know? definitely well some of what's at the heart of that that's great because it, it really is that's a content content kind of thing um about uh, what's maybe at the heart of it is like this Eckhart Tolle presence being very present in your yeah, like day-to-day -day life the power of now which of course that's very much a, a patent example of a thing that's very easy to say and very difficult to do um there's also a distinction in there between physicality and mentality that uh, and we had kind of talked about this before that, you know, you go away to India to become enlightened and you realize you're just as miserable in India as you were in Seattle or whatever. Yep. Um, like your physical body can be in uh, uh, paradise or it can be stuck at work. Yeah. Um, and that's an aspect of existence, certainly. 
Um, but your mentality is almost, or, you know, often can be separate from your physicality. So you could be at work, but just be having a good day. Some good things are going on or whatever. You feel okay about things and you're mentally on vacation, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And you can be in paradise sitting on a beach somewhere, but if you're still worried about, yes, when I get home, I have. I have I have that meeting on Tuesday. And that even I was guilty of that a couple times, and I, had I think to, that's incredibly common. And I had to kind of uh, consciously pull out of that place. Mm-hmm. And I would then I would talk to my wife, and I would be like, you know, she kind of look at me and be like, what well, you know, are you thinking, you know, because we're like really we're help, trying to help each other to like calm down. You know, it took us a couple of days to like really calm down you know i believe it life's so crazy that you're, yeah it's not a it's not a switch that you just flip off you're no like, after the, after the vacation, big travel you know of course the, the whole flying thing flying is a big pain in the ass. checking in doing the whole thing details getting everything right and feeling like okay we're settled in the room and whatever else you got to deal with we had sure. you know we had a bunch of stuff didn't work in the first room of course you know yeah. and so we, they moved us and <laughs> and um you know by the time you settle in you you know it takes two days Yes, and then you know I was even getting kind of like where when it's getting towards the end, like oh man, you kind of don't want to leave, and so you you get that and you get all these different things, and one of the things that I'm trying to work on is um just being you know like having that attitude like interpersonally like with people or if there's a conflict at work or anything like that or at home to try to handle it like in a positive way that you don't carry it with you Mm. you know because i feel like like you said whether you're here on vacation if i would have let's say had a an issue with someone that worked in the resort Mm. i might carry that into dinner be upset about it and i think that that's a big thing like to handle each um instance of something that might be frustrating like in a way where you kind of liberate yourself from it and and even the other person like whatever you know like if it's they're, they're bad on something yours on something to kind of not make it a thing where you take it home or the other person takes it home and i think that plays a big role in whether you're here or or away on vacation or something um to try and be in that good place you know mm. and a lot of that too has to do with we had mentioned this before as well but like that buddhist idea of attachment that in order to what makes being continuously present very difficult is that we have attachment to all of these hiccups that for whatever reason whether it's karma or what have you are like sticky wickets to us yeah and What's unfortunate uh, about like anger or sadness, frustration, is that it's like a drop of food coloring in a glass of water. Like it, it yeah. only it can only it only really need like you you wake up in the morning and you realize you're out of coffee, and mm-hmm. you, and you're like, why didn't I go to the store? Why didn't somebody tell me? That could be that teeny tiny little drop yeah, of food coloring that can do it. That sets the whole course of the day. And then you feel like like everything is happening. Yeah, exactly. Misery loves company. First this happened. (laughs) Right. Now this. Now I missed my train. Great. And now this. I I feel terrible. Yeah. I didn't blah, blah, blah. And those things. And it does happen. It does happen. Absolutely. But the key is the, you know, the the way you tune it, you know? Precisely. How you, how you, uh fine-tune it into you know yeah i'm i'm, I'm on a streak you know <laughs> right and right. that kind of happened to me yesterday you know where i was kind of on a streak and you know it was frustrating i vented a little bit at the end of the day and um to my wife and like you know that helps a lot to have somebody you can do that with you know for me it helps tremendously yeah, I agree. and um after doing that you know and, and kind of settling in and you, you also tend to see the other side of things and, and kind of like settle into the the situation and try and put it like uh, one of the th- things she said to me, which was good, was, um, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, I mean, it's you know, it's cliche ish, but that at that moment, if you really take that in and you're like, you know what? Yeah, this was today. Mm-hmm. This is how today went. And tomorrow is a new day. Like it really is. Right. And I, that's how I tried to take it. And I, I took today as a new day. And um, I woke up with a little bit of the residue, you know. Of course. And 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 I, and I went and I uh, tried to make this a, a new day. And, and sure, throughout the day, you know, maybe something here and there came came into the picture. Uh, naturally. And I tried to redirect, you know. Right. And I think... Um, it it does work. I think if you if you if you kind of can do this gumbo of like all these different things, I don't think there's like a a magic pill of like you know do this and you're good. Right. I think it's like this gumbo of like thinking positive, um, but not like you know positive thinking. Thinking <laughs> positive, you know. Yeah. Like don't. Not, uh, I'm not talking about like you know. I'm gonna be this. I'm this. I'm, I'm gonna that. be the yeah, CEO. I'm this. <laughs> I mean, like thinking positive. Like right. this just happened, but I'm gonna make the best of it. Like thinking in a positive way. Optimism. And, yeah, yeah, optimism, and um, you know, just pushing in that direction, and that gumbo of like, okay, that's one element. What's another element? Like what we just said. Like maybe doing something interesting locally. That's nice that you would do on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, like one uh, one time I had a, you know, years ago I had a big house and I and uh, we we lived sort of in the country, and I didn't really enjoy it that much. And I realized one day, you know, because I used to a lot of people were would come and stay with us, mm. and one day I just looked at them and I and I said, they're enjoying this more than I do. <laughs> oh, it's my shit. place. You know what I mean? I don't even enjoy it as much as they are. You know, they're like really enjoying being here yeah. and taking full advantage of, of it as, as it should be, right? Yeah. It should be. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it in a bad way. Right. You're I'm happy that they had a like, good time. but No, but I mean, full like enjoying where they are, the country, going out there, like really, yeah. you know, taking it in. Mm-hmm. And it was my place, you know, and I think that that was my mindset that didn't allow me to do that, you know? Whereas, like, you could not even have a giant place but just go to a free park. You could you, you could have – you don't need to have all this stuff, you know? That's yeah. kind of the point I'm making is that that person that I'm talking about, it wasn't even their place, <laughs> right? But they enjoyed it. Sure. And that's that's the key, I think, to enjoy, you know, like – Go to a park, go somewhere else, and you keep filling up this thing, this gumbo, with that, with the right attitudes, with the right relationships, and with people who who you can bounce things off of, and have people in your life that you know when you're venting. If you're lucky enough, you know someone who's gonna say, "Oh, tomorrow's a new day." You know, just mm-hmm. those little things, and and you keep on, and you doing some, you do something you like, and and you 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 do some acts of kindness and then they come back to you and you know weeks later reward you you know mm-hmm. and and you just keep adding like this these ingredients yeah and i think that's that's a much much uh better way to kind of look of how do you address um the suffering of your life um something i completely agree with is there's no rule book that's good enough because people are all so different, they're all so specialized, they're all so right. unique and interesting. That's a big point. That, um, mm-hmm. you know, who I, I'm going to talk about this guy a little bit later, but Jack Kornfield, a Buddhist teacher, he studied um, with his teacher, Ajahn Chah, in like Vietnam. And maybe I said this before, but Jack was like, to his teacher, Ajahn Chah, I, you're giving people like conflicting advice. Um, why yesterday you told this guy this and then you told him the exact opposite Mm, thing and his answer was well if you're seeing somebody drive down a road and they're veering to the left you gotta yell go right go right go right but if you see them veering to the right you gotta yell go left go left go left so there's Mm -hmm. not anything maybe something like the ten commandments might get to the heart of something that's fairly universal Mm -hmm. although even those I would say are not without exception uh, you shouldn't kill people, but if somebody comes in and like murders your whole family in front of you, you might want to kill them first, <laughs> yeah. and it might be okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? there you and go. That's, 
there are exceptions to all those things. Yeah. Um, oh. No rule book, no list, no one thing is going to be like, do this, you're good now. Exactly. And I think we look for that be, um, more because we're kind of educated that way, you know? Oh, very Black much so. and white thinking. Yes. This, this or that, you know, good, bad, you know, and this is constantly like we're like trained to use that like those lenses you know to look at everything and then we kind of carry that into everything and you know subconscious like we're not even doing it on purpose right and i think that you know being happy is is totally not this or that no it's totally not black or white no, it's no. totally like you know being content is is all about just this gumbo you know just mix it up throw this in there dude just continuously doing that and making adjustments and and um you know, and and you you know you you're not gonna have constantly great days. No, of course not. Take, not take that to. off the table. Yeah, just That's leave not, that alone. But possible. when you do, honestly, like I'm pretty, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but you know, um, from like I got back from vacation and I I had like a pretty rough day, like immediately, like mm. the very next day, and be you know and and because of you know my wife and and because i'm trying to stay on a positive note and and i was able to kind of recover pretty quickly you know what i mean like i could have i could have dwelled in a a lot of those thoughts because they become worse you know like drop like if you if i was to think about the things that were making me feel the way i felt Mm -hmm. and like just fed that Oh, that could have went on for become a, a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know, because some of it is, you know, stuff that goes back to, to childhood. For sure, me. of course. So, of course. like, that could have really messed me up. Something I used to be really bad about is like liti- relitigating arguments or spats in my head for that could have days done, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like that, you know, in a fight. Or something or that got you upset, you know, like someone's. Yes. And like what I should have said yeah. or what I would have done. And I'll spend 72 hours just crafting like the most maniacal, like evil, cutting thing yeah. that I could have said or done in that moment and rework it and be like, no, not take this word and put it in front. And then I should have said You know this. what's also interesting? It's, just, oh, it's such a bad thing to do. It just occurred to me while you were saying that is that as you, let's say if you did that, mm-hmm. which is definitely the wrong way to go. Yeah. <laughs> but if you did, not only are you putting yourself in a bad place, but you're also putting yourself in a place that can't even receive what you really need and want. Very much so. So you're like, you're, you're at the same time as, as you're, you're, Putting yourself in this bad place, the 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 acceptance or the love or the you know the the good things that you want, you're distancing yourself from it. So it's so yeah. it's like this horrible thing we're doing to ourselves at that moment. Yes, we're uh, just great. It's just like <laughs> it's a very. Bad. I feel horrible. I'm making myself feel more horrible, mm-hmm. and I'm like walking miles away <laughs> from everything from that I want. The oasis that and I that's need. Great. In my life, that you could turn to, yes, because right. you do have it's, it. It's right still, there. it's still there. Yeah, but you're like so pissed and you're so angry. You're still right. like caught up in those emotions and like. Uh, I think that you know being content is is gonna have to have a lot of like what I read. You know, a lot of those other things because it'll it'll pull you out. You can't do it on your own. Yeah, right, it, it takes right. a, you know it takes a beautiful view. It takes a you know. Uh, a moment of relaxation it it takes maybe your grandma hugging you yeah you know yeah it takes maybe throwing some chairs in the back of your trunk and just driving to the park for one hour Mm -hmm. and watching the sunset yeah packing it back up and going home washing the dishes and and getting things ready for tomorrow yeah you know that one hour could change everything yeah and it and it can it can't be understated enough that negative thought patterns do feed themselves and they're they're very greedy yeah and um it, unchecked they will rule your life yeah i agree and with that. i think that um tomorrow is a new day is a that's a great one that's a that's yeah. a, a fantastic attitude and again easy to say harder to do but um, to begin to implicate that kind of thinking is very helpful. And I would even, if you can, this is more of a tight wire act, but I would say every moment is a new day. 
because mm-hmm. you can have a bad morning and it doesn't have to ruin the rest of your day. Yeah, that's There's good. a concept of the Buddha's two arrows. So like the first arrow uh, that you get hit with is a life circumstance or something that was largely beyond your control. Uh, you, you know, you, yeah, you had a bad morning or something, you, whatever happened. The second arrow is the attachment to the suffering and saying, mm. well, because that happened, I'll never do this. And I would, I won't ever do that. And I'll never talk to that person again. That second arrow is the one we're taking and stabbing in ourselves. So that first one's going to come. That's life. But that second one, you don't have to put the worst it there. One. Then that was the way worse. The worst oh, one. absolutely. Because it's like your mind is the, is the strongest tool yeah. to help you or torture you. And unchecked, it will torture you. <laughs> yeah, but every, I like that a lot. if you can, first off, and I'm not there yet, Lord knows, if I could get to a spot where I could say tomorrow is a new day every day, yeah, then it, try and, because what, what happens, another thing about just like spiritual teachings and working on yourself generally is it's not, uh, to quote President Obama, America is uh, not a speedboat. It's a yacht. <laughs> and um, this is true of your own internal monologue as well, is <laughs> what you want to do when you read a spiritual teaching that, that is super profound, you want to take your life and do a 90-degree hard yeah. right and be like, I'm never going to do that shit, and yeah. I'm going to start doing this new cool stuff. Yeah. And, and that's then of course- why is it that when you say that, you do it the very next <laughs> moment? I won't even say day. No, no, no. The very next next it moment. It won't take 24 hours no, for you to turn even. back. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like that's that that's like putting some something out there to like, okay, come get this guy. Yeah, exa- oh, exactly. You're He's, attracting his opposite yeah, without question. Yeah, it's like, come um, get this guy. <laughs> but if you can make a one degree change in a different direction and allow nine months to go by yeah. and stay consistent with that, you will find that as compared to a straight nine months versus a one degree difference over time, there will be a, a fairly significant difference yeah. um, that can continue to grow and grow so long as you go along that path. Um, which is again, sort of the bugaboo of spiritual teachings and working on yourself generally is that it's so tempting to be like, I'm a new person today. Yeah. And again, this is difference yeah. between physicality and mentality kind of that. Like That reminds me of a funny story. Um, <laughs> we were on a retreat once. And my youngest son, Daniel, uh, it's this guy that I, I used to love to listen to, uh, Wayne Monblau. And he has like this really chill ministry where it's like grace and love based and it's like zero legalism. And it kind of helped me out of the cult, like when I was deep in the cult. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went on a retreat. He has He has like this retreat like once a year. And it's like during the nice time of the year when it's starting to get warm. And I think it's like in June or something. And um, he does baptisms. So I took, we all went, the whole family went and we were just like hanging out. It's nice. You do like, you know, it's like you're at a a, a place where they you can go on the lake, you know, they have uh, food and everything. And and, uh, then they have like different times of like uh, community and like fellowship and stuff. And, so they're doing baptisms and Daniel looks at me and he says, what's that dad? I was like, well, they're baptizing and you know, and, uh, that means that, you know, you, you accept Jesus and you're going to be a new person and you're going to, you know, start working more on your spiritual life. You know, I give tried to give it to him as simple, you know, nothing crazy. <laughs> right. and I, right. I don't, I know I tried to simplify it as much as possible. Yeah. And he looked at me like, wow, this, that's great. You know, and he said, I want to do that. And he's, you know, at the time, he's probably like eight, yeah. seven, right. maybe. I don't know. It seems like a pretty cool thing to do. And and I'm, I'm you know, I wasn't going to stop him. I so was like, all right, you want to do it? Down. And then, and luckily, you know, that, that minister is, is the type of minister who wouldn't stop a kid either. Yeah. And he, like, he's super chill and, you know, and, and like grace and love based. And uh, so he goes and they, and him and there's another guy, they're doing it together. And they look at each other and they go, okay, and they, come on. He's like, do you understand what you're doing? They ask him. And, and the funny part is coming because they, they, you know, they, they go through the process. You know, I took pictures. Mm-hmm. And he leaves. And then a little while later, we're like back at the cabin. 
And he goes, Dad. And I'm like, what's up? I feel the same. <laughs> so this is, you know, like he took this so seriously. Right. He's like, like wow, and, and it's interesting, too, because you <laughs> feel the same. <laughs> it's good, right? Yeah. And it, it's so good to me because it showed me two things. His sincerity. True. Of being baptized. Right. His faith. Yeah. Was off the charts. Yeah, right. He was ready for he this was to completely, be a profound experience. He was like, wow. Great. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's like, cool. Let's go. Yeah, and then he came to me, like what we're talking about—that it doesn't just happen, right? Mm. So there's, and I think that that is kind of a, you know, he came to me because he was being so sincere as a kid, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I'm not feeling anything, and you know, I, I laughed a little bit, which <laughs> might have been the worst thing at that, right? <laughs> I mean, in your defense, Be- it is funny. It is funny, <laughs> but if you think about it, if he's at the place i'm talking about it was yeah. probably kind of messed up maybe yeah <laughs> so i laughed and and i said no you know but it's it's not like that it's you know it's you have to work on it and you know basically you know told him the, the truth of it yeah and um he's like oh okay and um i think that that goes with a lot of our programming we're programmed you know this or that results quick yeah and he's raised in the same school system, raised in the same society. Sure. And he said, oh, great, you know, like take this pill, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Do this, you'll be great. Go to this college, you're going to be the president. Right. It's like this thinking. Mm-hmm. And so he logically, it perfectly made sense. And then when he didn't get the result, you know, he, he felt like kind of shipwrecked. You know, he was like, well, yeah. Damn, Dad, this, I feel the same. What, is there something wrong with me now? Yeah, right. You know? Now you turn it on yourself. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> well, I think that that's interesting. I don't know if you want to speak to this at all, but like something that cults and religions generally prey upon is life is so confusing mm-hmm. and it's so difficult, and it's of course made more difficult by the society that we live in and all the income inequality yeah. and all the things that come with that. That. It's so tempting to just, I just want somebody to tell me what the fuck to do. I just want somebody to give me a list of things. And if I do those things, everything will be fine. I just, because it's, we are constantly seeking. And that's what I think you and I and millions and millions of people around the world are, are, trying to get at this seeking is a kind of general term. Mm -hmm. Even like having faith is, I think, something that's kind of what that exactly means is a bit muddy. Probably different to everybody, right? One yes. One of those type of things. Yeah, and even seeking probably it, is what too. What I call it, what everyone... Yeah. yeah. it's probably different. But there is this commonality that, well, we're kind of looking for something more and we're kind of discontent with how it is now. And the process of spending 60 years reading yeah. things, slowly changing, making mistakes along the way. It's very daunting and very hard, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> you just described living. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's hard. It's very hard. Living. Um, it would be Sounds so hard. much... <laughs> I'm not a fan. Uh, I. It would be so much better if somebody would just give me a, a 15-page pamphlet, Yeah. and I read it, I instantly understood it, and it just everything was fine since then. That's yeah. so tempting. I think that uh, the 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 cults they feed on um, that for sure, uh, and also um, it's sort of like a person at a job who doesn't want to, you know. I just work here. You know, I don't make decisions. Tell me what to do. Mm, right. I don't want to be responsible. For anything. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I work here. You you know, you tell me. And it's kind of like taking that attitude towards your spirituality. And it's kind of like saying, you know what? I just work here, man. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, and then you get in return for kind of that. It's a lot more complex than that. Yeah, there's obviously I'm like a, a number. massively kind of going along with your point yeah um you can go against me if you want <laughs> no it's not against you know what it is it's like it's 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 very complicated 
but that is one let's put it this way that's that's like a strand it's like a cord a fat cord that, of, of the cult mm. and that's one strand you know yeah. where where people kind of this they don't have to you know it's more like well what do we believe well we believe this okay you know, like mm. I, I've actually saw that in the cult plenty of times, you know, like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, are we Calvinist or Armenian or oh, we're, we're Armenian? Oh, OK. Like, you don't need to research it. Nothing. Right. You know, that's what we are. Yeah. And, and I've seen that with a multitude of uh, different things. Mm. So it ends up being where you stop thinking for yourself, you know, but, but part of that is that's why I say it's like one strand because uh in cults, there's a war on intellect. There's a war on emotions. Um, there's a war on personality, individualism. Mm. Um, so all these things that are like so beautiful and human and make people so wonderful to be around. You know that the someone's mind is so attractive, right? Someone's uh, uniqueness. Someone and so all these things that make you so wonderful, they they want to destroy, yeah. because what uh, a cult leader wants to destroy that because once they destroy that, you're more susceptible to sort of giving up and uh, giving up your your thought, your mind, your your process, your 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 be- sense of being. Mm. You give it up and then you kind of turn it over to this group think. And then it just becomes, well, what do we think? Well, I don't know. Should I do that? And then you ask the leader and the leader says, no, you shouldn't do that. Okay, I won't do it. Right. You know, because it's code. You know, there's lots of code in cults too. True. You know, code code for like in the cult I was in was like, um, did the Holy Spirit say that you could do that? For example, which was just code for did the pastor say you could do that? Damn. You know, so it's like, holy shit. There's a lot of code in any sure. when you study any because there's 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 Buddhist cults, there's Christian cults, there's there's cults that have to do with aliens. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's the Moonies, the this <laughs> yeah. that you can dream Cause, it. Yeah, because I when I went it. to like a lot of the meetings <laughs> at Ixa, um, I was just surprised because there was you know I'm I'm coming from like a Ixa a small, is I'm sorry oh the international cult. Survivors Association, I okay. think. Okay, Sorry. I think I might have it wrong, but it's it's ICSA. Okay, and uh, they have like a. I used to go meet up. Uh, they have like a group in Midtown, and um, when I first went, I was my mind was blown because everybody's the same, but they everybody's from different things. One's from a Buddhist. One's from this. Another one's from like a like my, I was from like a hyper authoritarian Bible based you know, kind of cult. Mm-hmm. And then another guy's from Jehovah Witness cult. Another guy's from some weird thing, like you never heard of. Like, yeah. And they may, would meet up and they transcended with energy and crazy shit that, you know, you're like, oh, wow, I never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, you have this fellowship with them because yeah. my story is the same as theirs. But we're just like from a different country, you know. It's like, yeah, right. Like I was, let's say, nothing, you know, like whatever. Like some, I'm trying to think of something that that happens everywhere. Like human trafficking, for example. Hmm. Someone might be trafficked in a certain way in another place, completely differently, taken from the house, then another one from a whole other place, and then like you bring all these people together, different languages, different this, different ideologies, but the same thing happened to them. You know, yeah, right. I mean, maybe it's a bad comparison, but I couldn't think of anything else. Oh well, I bet. Yeah, they would be shocked to realize how similar their experiences yeah, were with regard somebody. to how they were treated and how they experienced. Yeah, things. it's the same. It's so like the it's trappings like this, and the terminology are different. Yeah. But, yeah. So like the cult is like this narcissistic um, person who wants everyone to do and think as they do and serve them their needs. And uh, not zero dissension, you know, very authoritarian, like like an, like an authoritarian, you know, like North Korea, you know. Yeah. So, well, I was going to say similar tactics used 
in the United States military, as far as I know. <laughs> Some whoops, yeah, sure. <laughs> they sure. got to break you down. An 18-year-old person is not naturally a killing machine. Yeah. They need to take away your kind of original thoughts so you start listening to what this other yeah, person has to say. That's one of the things that they used to use to kind of reprogram you because uh, they twist scriptures, you know, so like you have to, right. you know, be born again. So you have to die. There's another scripture, you know, die daily. Mm-hmm. And so that is used in a in a way, in a in a they twist it because instead of using it in a way like someone who's truly spiritual and seeking truth, where they're saying we you you need to die daily, and then they would say certain to cer- certain things, you know, to maybe a sinful nature, to maybe envy, to maybe the, all these things that eat at your soul. Mm. You need to die to that and live for this. Where in there they kind of twist it into where you need to die to who you were. So there's this narrative of the the Michael before and now the Michael now. Mm. And then that new Michael is nothing like the old Michael. And then they misuse that kind of thing to, to be like the new Michael is an obedient, submissive, non-thinking mm intellectual hating you know uh right no and submissive and you know that that whole direction right and that's kind of what they do i know i don't know how we got it we really (laughs) ran away i really ran away with that i'm sorry no 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 i'm I'm glad you mentioned it man and (laughs) what we are circling around now i think is some of the tactics that these are the things that really scare people about religion and rightfully so yeah um and something that i think about is like you're reminding me of a lot of Christians in the United States, whether you're at like, especially fundamentalist Christians, whether yeah. they have a literal interpretation of the Bible, which is, you know, may or may not be correct, um, whether they don't read the Bible at all, they just go to church on Sunday, or they get their yeah. Christianity from Fox News mm-hmm. and they cherry pick whatever the hell they want to, and they're like, the Bible says they hate well, gays, you know. I made a comment, not to stop you, no, but it goes right with what you're saying. I yeah. made a comment that uh, there's this. Um, it's called Unfundamentalist, and it's like a, a Facebook page I follow. They also have a blog or whatever. And I made a comment, and it was probably the most like responded to comment, you know. And it basically, it was a little long, but within it, the gist of it was that fundamentalists basically paved the way for Trump. They were like his John the Baptist. Oh yeah. And when I think that really got people to think because it's true because you know John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus mm. and um I feel like the fundamentalist non-thinking uh war on intellectual you know like my cult was an extreme case of it um but I think the general it was a setup pretty much for someone like Trump because Trump is very much uh, his his personality is a lot like my old uh you know cult leader yeah he is a it's sort very of cult similar yeah. it is very similar because one of the things that he's he espouses is just to um it doesn't matter whether you saw me do this oh yeah this was the same with the cult leader it's like yeah i do this you know like for example his wife hadn't come to church in something like five years but if you missed one day <laughs> you were going to hell, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, where's this lady? Right, exactly. So, you know, but that was your fault, actually. That was your fault oh. that she wasn't there. <laughs> Seriously, that's the real story. I believe it, man. And I so, believe it. And it's, it, you know, seeing Trump in power and having these type of, of quotes, pastors, quote unquote, because yeah. they certainly aren't tending to the sheep, but um, it it made the way for for Trump. So I sorry I jumped, you know, I jumped all over uh, no. what you're saying there, but <laughs> well, because I think that's an interesting point too and Trump is a guy who offered people simple answers. Right. Again, facts and truth be damned. Mm-hmm. This guy had idioms and answers. Yeah. And people who again what it would take to make society better is a very long and arduous process where mistakes will be made and discussions will be need to yeah. be had and arguments will need to be had and we'll make little changes and we'll, maybe it won't be perfect and then over 40 years we'll slowly get it to a place. 
now people just, people want more that mo- truth you just spoke. How well would that do in the political field? It would be horrendous. I mean, try and say that <laughs> how, on CNN. How many votes would like, you get? <laughs> zero, <laughs> negative one. I wouldn't vote for myself if I said that. Um, you want answers right away. But let let me say this, man. Something that I think might be at the heart of what we're talking about here in terms of that seeking, wanting that quick answer. A lot of it is conditioning with regard to advertising and stuff. For well, sure. Look, if you use this toothpaste, you'll have good breath, and then the ladies will like it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. one-to-one. You do this, you get that. So it's a lot of that conditioning over and over and over. But another part of it, too, is a lack of self-trust, a lack of um, faith and intuition, that's and excellent. Yeah. Plainly, a, a lack of self-love. Um, if you are constantly seeking answer, uh, answers outside of yourself, um, you continue to be a shell. Listen, I give you a lot of credit for that <laughs> because that is that is for someone who's experienced. Like I had to dig in to learn what you just said. Me that too. was super hard. That's very hard to learn. Like yeah. I had to dig in because post cult. I had to dig into what the hell did, like, how was I so susceptible? Like, that's because that's, you know, once you kind of get out, you you know, it takes a while to kind of, like, get back into the flow of things. You know, like, I hadn't had a beer in, like, five years. Is that so? Yeah, like, maybe four or five years. Whoa. So, you know, one of the first things I did as to rebel against this thing. Where's that like, Budweiser? Yeah, I went to get a Bud. <laughs> I literally went. I went to to my favorite wing place, oh, and I had a Bud Light because oh, the Bud Light goes with the wings. I know it's, Bud it Light isn't the best beer, uh, yeah, but after five years, but for it's the wings, nectar. Yeah, and it was. And man, I, it, oh, I, I wish I could have been there, man. So oh, shit. So it's like, as I'm having that the Bud Light and going through that process, yeah. Um. Then you start to say, well, how did I, you know? And a big part of it is is the lack of, it it is, a lack of self-love, a lack of trust in yourself, um, and also uh, being used to not questioning. Mm. So, because I have uh, a few of my family members, you know, and and one one of the things about being, like, born and raised in in New York in the New York City area, you know, cuz all of us we we spend a lot of time in the city. Even though we're from Yonkers, all of my siblings and myself included, we spent a lot of time in in, in the city whether it be Manhattan or the Bronx. Um, I remember you telling me uh, about getting in a little spat with your brother at the San Gennaro Festival where you were working there or something as kids or something. Oh, that was on delivering telephone books in the city. <laughs> yeah. So so like we we have a lot of roots, and yeah. one of the things in New York is you you don't you you see something you don't say nothing. <laughs> they say if you see something you say say no. That's not they, they that's, had they had they had, <laughs> they had to make that an advertising because because New Yorkers ain't saying shit. They are not walking. <laughs> <laughs> They're not saying nothing. So we need to like say this for like twenty years. Yeah, exactly. So maybe finally Just they'll say paint something all over like everything. Just like, say so anything. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> So like between that attitude and also like in my in my household, it was like we didn't question, you know, like if if this was what it was, I didn't at least. I can't speak for the rest of my siblings, but like you know, it is what dad this dad said. No, okay, right. it wasn't it wasn't like up for discussion. Yeah, you know, so everything was very like I wasn't in no part. I was in Catholic school. You didn't really question. The teacher said it. Well, why is it this way? It, there was, there was no Harkness table. There was no let's have a discussion. And well, why? Well, why do you see it that way, Michael? No, it was every single thing I was involved in, from the family structure to the city life. If you 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 kept your mouth shut, you didn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. There was an authority figure, even the, even in in the in you know in the the guys you're running with. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, your friend group. Yeah, like, your friend group is like, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. yeah, so it's always this type of structure that I'm used to. Yeah. And that prepared me. And then, like you said, the self-doubt or the, if you don't have like a strong sense of, um, like that you're right, you know what I mean? Like you, you're like, I could be wrong, you know, they, they you know, whatever. And you have this kind of like self-doubt. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or, or even a self-hate, which is, you know, if I'm going to be 100% transparent, yeah, I had that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I still have it. <laughs> and that, I, listen, I've come I'm trying to get rid of it, a long Yeah, I'm doing way better now. With, I'm doing so much better with that. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable, you mm-hmm. know, what therapy can do. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. well, dead serious. Uh-huh. And um, I think that um, that, you know, I mean, prepares you. So what you said is it's it's deep because it is a part of the re- and it, and here's the other deep thing about that is that one of the interesting things that I discovered I didn't go to that many meetings I might have went to like maybe six ICSA meetings hmm. but I learned a ton yeah. you know and I didn't keep going because I kind of like I needed to like do my own kind of searching at a yeah. certain point makes sense and um one of the things I they would. I think we were talking about it once and it's so true. A lot of what we experience with the cult is a lot like a relationship, like, like a a person who leaves a bad relationship or an abusive relationship where someone was overpowering the other, you know, male or whatever it is. Hmm. And like, excuse me, controlling and dominating the other and wanting them to just do what they said to obey. No, you're going to do this. No, you know, and like being in that relationship <clears throat> if you're in there for years, you start to lose yourself, like your self-worth, yeah. who you are. So when you're coming out of the of a bad relationship like that, you kind of have to rediscover who you are and then you like start from the ground up. Hmm. And that's very similar to a cult experience. When you leave, you start from the ground up and it's those same things you said that make you susceptible in a in like a you know, with your partner or in a cult, or even in a group, a work group, or whatever you are, it makes you susceptible to being abused because you lack those things, mm. you know, that that they're at the core of you. And, and abusive people, narcissists, they can, s- like, smell that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can smell as it. As horrifying a thought as that is. They can smell that. It's uh, objectively true. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I can't say enough about how much uh, like the advertising industry, how damaging that is too. even something you could go back to something like original sin, the idea that you as yourself are already instantly rotten and yeah. you have to produce stuff to prove that you, oh no, you actually are good, but yeah. there's no real logical, what, what is a baby the moment the baby comes out, like, nice, nah, he's, he's fucking up. Like, no. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know. It, it's it's like this, uh, this sort of, it's an easy way to control, you know, because if, if I can convince you that there's absolutely nothing good in you and, and you can't, you almost can't possibly climb that ladder, mm. then... I can give you the answer. Exactly. You you I can uh, save you now. Yeah. So like now that you're now that you've realized that you're like a piece of crap and and you need help, mm-hmm. here I come. Right. To I've save got this you. magical potion. And it's interesting too because I mean, you know, I, I'm I mean, you know, there's plenty of uh people that would hear this and in, in Christianity that would want to smack me across the face probably <laughs> and that's but, a good thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess but I think I mean I don't really hear that in Jesus direct teachings you know like I mean we could go quote each quote whatever you want but it more seemed like to me not a focus on that backward uh, uh, thinking of you know you're this you're that it was more of like you know, when he said cast the first stone, when he, you know, all, all the situations he was in, is it was always kind of like, let's move forward from that. You know, like, mm. it, it's not really, that's not where you want to stay. You know, let's move forward from that. Like, let's focus on love. Let's focus on grace. Let's focus on what a, what a friend is. You know, like, who's a, who's a friend? You know, someone, you know, someone who sticks with you, someone who, you know, and his example, you know, in, 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 the, in the story of Jesus is someone who, a friend up until the point that gives their life for someone. You know, like it's like this gigantic love 
story and it's not so much focused on you know the sin in a sense you know where but it, it that's very controversial because it's it's a it's like a it's like a, a hardcore tenant you know yeah. that he died for our sin you know sure, so sure. so while i do believe that i i don't think that it it would, should have been used in the way to manipulate people certainly not because he never really like you don't see like the sermons that came years later and the revivals from you know Spurgeon to you know like oh you can Wesley like all these great preachers and these powerful styles that they had it's not really a Jesus style it's like a developed style that came later you know mm. even John you know like the book of John he's he's like in a sense the the first one to really like expound on in a thoughtful like spiritual way mm. on who Jesus is and because it's that John is not one of the synoptic gospels the Matthew Mark Luke those are the ones that are in sync that are supposed to have come from another text Q that was copied yeah. <clears throat> and like John is the one where he really like gets spiritual mm. and I think that um you know unfortunately the the doctrine of sin it it's been used in a way to instead of empower people to disempower them in order to control them absolutely you know absolutely. i mean i will say that you know i do i do i'm i still have a you know my faith and, and sort of my belief is is still that jesus died for our sin but i don't really i don't like the way again like the cult I feel like they they twisted that into something ugly. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And with regard to like authoritarian figures of of any sort, whether it's the government or, or culture or just an individual who's being terrible, mm -hmm. um, the example that I always think of is Listerine. Um, like Listerine had been around at the early twentieth century for a number of years, and it was like. Uh, Wasn't it to clean stuff? Yeah, it was like a floor cleaner <laughs> and like a bunch of other like yeah. multi uses. It like cured the common cold. But, you know, the, yeah. they didn't know what the hell to do with it. Um, so then, Listerine, the company, invented this term halitosis, which is a not a thing. Now you have a problem. But exactly, <laughs> we can fix it. Exactly, you create the problem. And then simultaneously, you create the solution for it. So they ran all these ads about like, no one will like you if you have not just bad breath, yeah. but the clinical condition, halitosis. Is that even a real thing? No, they made it up. <laughs> I mean, now it is because if you tell a lie long enough, it becomes true. It becomes true. true, right? But now, you know, people spend millions and millions of dollars annually on mouthwash. Yeah. Because we're convinced, oh shit, now, now it is a thing. We have to have it. Yeah. Uh, you at least have to brush your teeth. Otherwise, you're never getting and laid. It's, it's they made that a reality. And the other, the other one I just want to say real quick yeah, is the another example I always think of is in Michael Moore's movie Bowling for Columbine about the Columbine shooters. Yeah, um, a lot of during that time, a lot of um, ire was directed towards Marilyn Manson because uh, the two kids yeah. listened to his music a lot and stuff like that. So he's like on blast. Michael Moore goes to talk to Marilyn Manson about this hubbub and. Marilyn, prophetic as he is, is like, um, he's talking about the kind of this very thing, like the, the power of advertising, that when you turn on your TV, you need to have an Audi, and there's a hot chick in the Audi, and then you cut to the Colgate commercial. Well, if you don't brush your teeth, no one will like you. And it's this constant reinforcing of you're not good enough, you're not good enough, get yeah. this thing, and then you will be. You're not good enough. You're not. That's really what a lot of like modern culture is predicated on. You're not good enough. But if you get this thing, you will be. And yeah. the the fucking most profound thing it blew me away the first time I saw it. I highly recommend checking it out on YouTube. Michael Moore says, uh, he asks Marilyn Manson, "What would you say?" I think Dylan Dylan Klebold and Eric. I can't remember the other kid's name. The two. Columbine shooters he asked Marilyn Manson if they were here today what would you say to them what would you want to say to them 
Marilyn Manson takes a second and he goes, I wouldn't say anything to them. I would listen to what they had to say because that's what nobody did. And it's like, wow. oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Because he's exactly right. Those yeah. There are two kids who I could almost guarantee I never knew them personally. Yeah. They did not love themselves at all. And they'd been continually told, you're wrong, you're stupid, no one likes you, no one thinks like you, you're not lovable. And that's how authoritarian figures get driven to do authoritarian things, largely speaking. Yeah. And it's a, a, what is at the heart of it, kind of, is a lack of self-love. Uh, even this, some, something like this extends into, like, you know, the Republican senator who rails against gay people. It turns out he's gay and he's been hooking up with dudes for years. You know, it's like uh, self-hatred yeah. that perpetuates more hatred. Now, how you go about changing that is obviously um, an enormous task. So, well, some people, but, I'll tell you, like, I mean, this could, this is, again, pretty personal, but um, what the hell, right? Uh, I didn't know until t- not that long ago that I had that self-hatred. Yeah, that's, an, that's so a that's, great point, man. That's a mind blower. Yeah, right, right. Like, it... Because when you, the thing is, when something is normal to you, like to have certain thoughts about yourself, right, that are negative, Mm -hmm. um, if you use those negative thoughts to motivate you, like you've, I figured out how to, it was like having bad fuel, like Mm -hmm. I I figured out how to make it work, you know, like, yeah. Like my my engine learned how to run on bad fuel. Yeah, you can kind of jerry rig. Yeah. So it was negative. Is negative, and and I and I did, I didn't question it. So <clears throat> something happened one day to kind of like it snapped, and I was like, um, it all of a sudden I said, "Damn, I wouldn't even talk to someone I hated the way I talked to myself," mm. and that thought alone kind of threw me in a whole new direction so i didn't even i mean that's to me that's mind-blowing like how how the heck you i've gone most of my life not even thinking that thought and that thought broke started to break the chain of 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 uh thinking negatively about myself Hmm. because it was like damn i would never speak like that to somebody i even hated yeah and that really was a revelation. It was like, and I kept thinking about that repeat. And I said, man, you you need to talk better to yourself. Right. Because if you wouldn't even do that to someone you hate, why would you why do are you doing that to yourself? You are. Right. And that, but I don't think a lot of people know. I, I agree, man. When you're born into this world, it's you consider it normal. It's all you've known. And that, the, what you're saying there is, uh, it reminds me of something that you said to me a couple months ago now, which I continually think about. And it did floor me when you said it. it was like, I think we were talking about like other comics and, you know, this person and um, me being uh, jealous of this person doing X, Y, and Z or whatever. And we were talking about how like, well, obviously whoever's, if you're jealous of somebody, their life is not perfect either. But you only kind of see it through the lens of, yeah, but they have this thing. And... That's exactly what you said to me was you're extending that person a kindness and an optimism that you won't extend to yourself. And that line of thinking, I think, is tremendously common, but very destructive, very hurtful, at least. Big time. Um, why it is exactly we don't extend ourselves the olive branch of compassion that is so desperately needed and wanted and necessary. Uh, the reasons for that are myriad, um, yeah, but sure. the end result is largely the same. Um, and it drives people into, because it seems like such a titan of a task, because there are so many things that I don't like about myself. There's so many things I should have done that I haven't done. Yeah. Or there's so many things that I did that I shouldn't have done. That it's such a mountain of a task to fix all that stuff. That if I could just get somebody <laughs> to give me <laughs> a trifold sheet of paper... <clears throat> 
and I could go to a vacation somewhere and we could fix it like that. Well, somebody will sell you one. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it. I don't know if it's going to work, but there's plenty it of... It won't uh, work, God It's it. probably someplace on a mountain in Costa Rica, I'm, I'm guessing. If it, look, if it's warm, like, I'm looking to get out of the winter anyway. <laughs>